Welcome, everyone, to Burgess Power Hour. We are ready for the essence of intimacy uh, tonight, mm-hmm. tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this or uh, on the replay. And if you're live, lucky you, you get to talk with me and we get to talk together about what is intimacy. And just so you know, I am going to bring up the uh, topic of sex as well, just for giggles. Uh, it doesn't mean you can have intimacy without sex and with sex, but I'm just giving you a heads up. Up, that we will um, be kind of talking in about that as well. We, we have our Essence of Relationships class coming up, our one day coming up in Atlanta, Saturday. So this is all about relationships and definitely about intimacy. is important to be able to uh, open yourself up to allowing that. So without further ado, as you know, maybe you've listened to me before, maybe you haven't, but I love experiential stuff. So what that means is um, if you're driving, you're not going to be able to do this, but you can go back and listen to the recording. If you've registered on our site, then uh, you will, or texting or however you registered, you'll get a recording um, of this call so that you can go back and do these exercises. So get a pen and a paper out and um, get ready to do some... Um, digging around in your subconscious because that's what I love to do. Uh, that's what Essence of Being is all about is being able to get to your bubble talk which is that subconscious thought that keeps you from getting what you want. So joining us, uh, many of you are in our Conscious Leadership Academy. Yay. That's awesome. And we are uh, definitely together creating a global movement of conscious leaders, empowering others to create a win-win world. So welcome to the call and uh, what I will do is normally I talk about some things and then I'm going to get you to do an exercise with me and then we, we uh, have a couple of people sharing and I'll ask for one or two volunteers just to share what they wrote and whatever uh, you'd like to share is fine and what that means is we learn from other people uh, and what they say so don't be afraid to speak up and um, then I'll give you some other information about what's happening uh, later on. So um, if we can keep the lines open, I'll do that. But if there's a lot of background noise, I will probably mute everybody. But if I'm going to give you the opportunity to just to mute yourself and you just hit star six or you can mute yourself if you're on a cell phone, you just mute, right? So we don't want to hear a lot of background noise, especially when uh, we go into this exercise. So... I will um, mute everybody if I get a lot of background noise. You can still talk to me with star six. That will unmute you, okay? So right now, though, if you have background noise, go ahead and hit your star six or mute yourself and get your pen and paper out, and we'll start about what is the essence of intimacy. So... I'm really I'm looking forward to it this weekend. We're going to get into it big time with our with our one day, but a lot of people have ideas, you know, about what what intimacy is. And so the definition that I'd like to give us is into me see. And you may have heard that before. It's that process of self-discovery, looking inside of me. It's like, oh my God, what are they going to find? A lot of people have fear around intimacy because some people just don't understand. They think that, oh, Maybe they're going to find out something. They're going to find out something about me that I don't want to um, have them know about. Maybe they're going to find out about me, um, and uh, I'm going to have to be vulnerable. 
Some people have definitions of intimacy, including sex, like I said, and sometimes it doesn't. But I just really want to look at intimacy right now as just that process of self-discovery. And if you have a fear around it, it's that fear that you may feel when you're drawn into a greater intimacy. It's like looking in the mirror. It's a healthy fear, not a danger sign fear. In other words, some people have this fear of being in a relationship or they, or maybe even having a relationship they have a fear about or letting somebody see inside of them. So I'm offering you an invitation to look at your fear as just energy. So you could use that fear to move forward. Okay, Use that as an invitation. And a lot of times lovers seek new levels of surrender. So in other words, one of my favorite sayings that I talk about all the time in any of these play shops that we do is my strength lies in my vulnerability. So the stronger I am, the more vulnerable I am. So what that can mean in a sexual relationship is, if we're going to add sex to it, it could you could be saying, hey, look, I'll seduce you with my most lovable qualities, but I really won't let you into my heart because if you saw who I really am, you'd reject me. So a lot of people have that inner dialogue going on. They don't even know it's there. But a lot of times that's what happens. So what I'm asking you to do is don't waste that energy resisting the direction that life naturally moves you in, okay? Resistance creates that tension and pain and conflict. And surrendering into it leads into ease and peace and satisfaction. So your happiness can be a result of choosing to let go of any projections that you have. And just trust life to bring you your purpose together with each other when you're in a sexual relationship. So to, uh, to, to um, let me just back up a little bit. I want you to understand this paradox of fear that I'm talking about. So just imagine, sometimes you really, really want to get close to somebody. So we really want to get close. There's some background noise going on in the back, so I'm going to go ahead and mute out here. Let's see. So you can unmute yourself, everyone, if you hit star six, okay? So right now I won't be able to hear anybody unless you star six. So what happens is a lot of times we really want to get close. We want to get close to people. However, at the same time, we also want to be alone because we have this need to be separate and independent, okay? So there's this paradox going on when you talk about being intimate. So we simultaneously want to avoid situations that are like our past situations. You know, we want to avoid any of those past relationships we've had or past experiences we've had. We want to avoid those that aren't any good, right? But at the same time, simultaneously, we're attracting those similar situations to us to clear and heal in order to be free of them. So let me say this again. It's really, really important to have you understand this. We simultaneously want to avoid situations that are like our past, you know, if it's, a, if it's a, something we don't want to repeat. But at the same time, we also attract those similar situations to us so that we can clear up whatever 
is going on within us that's created them in the first place so we can heal it. Heal that in order to be free of it. Or another way of saying this is when there's a lot of love present, everything unlike love comes up for the purpose of healing it. So when you feel a lot of love with someone, if you're intimate with them or you allow them in your life, whether it's your family or a love relationship or being just intimate with yourself, it it can bring up things unlike love to heal it. But see, a lot of people run from it. So they, they have a similar situation come up. They go, oh, God, there it is again. I'm going to run away. Let me run away from it. Instead of just saying, oh, this is coming up for me to heal it, meaning that if you believe that you are creating your reality from your thoughts or your beliefs or your actions, okay, then that is exactly what's happening when you are creating people in your life, that you're co-creating these experiences in your life. Now, if you've taken any of my workshops, you know that's the the one of the foundations is that thought creates reality and that we we have the power to be able to create exactly what we want and we also have the power to create what we don't want in other words we're in control of our thoughts yes and our beliefs and our actions so in order to understand that you are creating people in your life to heal things, that's, that's why you have a relationship. That's, I've always said, look, if you want to grow and you want to learn more about yourself, get into a relationship of any, of any sort or have a kid. You know, and that's intimate, right? These are intimate relationships that you can have. So if you really want to learn about yourself, do that because they will bring up everything that you don't like about yourself quicker than anything. They get to bring up everything that you don't like about the world because you get to look at it from their point of view and you see that you, you know, part of you is showing up in them because you project onto people. So here's the thing. You can have sex without love and you can have love without sex. But right now I'm going to talk about intimacy. So if we don't clear up the past... It's going to keep showing up in the people that we attract to us. If we keep hanging on to the past or we don't clear it up, which we're going to start working on today, by the way, and continue for some of you, if we don't do that, people come into our lives to help us clear it. So we're going to keep recreating our old past relationships so that we can heal it. I always kid around. It's like, hey, you know, it's a new relationship, different face. Same relationship, different face, rather. So we create these old patterns to keep that keeps coming up and keeps coming up. So we might as well go ahead and heal it within us because no matter where you go, there you are. You can't run from you. So why resist getting close to people? Many people are resistant to that. So some people resist positive attention and love due to our own conditioning, meaning that what happens is sometimes we're conditioned to resist that in a lot of ways from our childhood. And we have a force of positive attention pulling us close. So we have a conditioning of our past pulling us apart. 
and we have the force of positive attention pulling us close. So it goes. it's really interesting how it all plays out. You want to be loved, you want to attract people to you, and yet you don't want to be that close. And the way that we pull back, by the way, a lot of times in a relationship is the fear that we have. We just numb out. That's one way to pull back. We numb out. We cut off our sensations. We stop breathing or we shut down. Or another way of pulling back is we make each other wrong in a relationship. So, you know, we can say, no, I'm going to increase my space around me. Say, no, I need a bigger space. And I'm going to project all the things that I don't like about myself onto you. Or another way that we pull back, we play out our old tapes in our head. We go out of control if we're intimate. So we're afraid of that. Some of us are really afraid of get, get letting go of control. It's, it's unfamiliar. So if it's unfamiliar for you to be out of control, then it's going to be fearful for you to be intimate sometimes. Because true intimacy is surrender and allowing. And you're not in, quote, control. So what we do is we go to what's familiar in relationships. And we also can have these power struggles in relationships. And I'm sure none of you know about that, okay? But we also can have these conflicted feelings, meaning that we have these past resentments that keep getting pushed up with all this love around us. All these resentments show up. So it's conflicting, It's like I love this person, or I want to be with this person, or I'm attracted to this person. However, it's bringing up all these past resentments that I haven't healed. So you're in this conflict. So obviously that can cause a lot of arguments. It can cause illness. And another thing that we do oftentimes is we withhold what we really want to give. In other words, we withdraw our energy in that relationship. And we don't allow people to be intimate with us. And then we resent the other person for not being intimate with us. It's crazy making. So if any of that makes sense to you, I just want to make sure. If you have any questions, you can stop stop me and just hit star six, by the way. Okay? And it's a real paradox here. So let me go into the different kinds of self-disclosure you can go into about yourself, okay? There are four parts to yourselves. So there's the open self, which is our conscious mind. What that means is it's open to you, it's known to yourself, and it's also known to others. That's your open self. People say it all the time, I'm an open book. Okay, so people know you and you know you. You, Things that you know about yourself, they also know. That's, That's the first level. The second part is your blind self. Now, your blind self, it's unknown to you. It's your blind spot, but it is known to others. Others can see things within you that you can't see sometimes because you have a blind spot. So that blind spot is compromised of things others can find out about you that you're unaware of, like your habits or your mannerisms or your defense mechanisms. 
or your your flight strategies. They know when you're going to run. So they know that about you. That's your blind self. The third self is your hidden self. Now, the hidden self you know about, it's known to you, but it's unknown to others. These are all your secrets. Everything that you feel, you think, you desire, that you keep to yourself. That's your hidden self that you don't let people see. And when you allow people to to see that, that's the openness of intimacy, and that's the fear that people bring up. I don't want people to see that. I don't want them to know about me like that. I might get hurt. They might use it against me. But, of course, when you shut down that part of you that you're afraid to show anybody, you're also shutting down one of the most heartfelt, expansive parts of you And in order to allow that, you really have to just surrender, let go, and my strength lies in my vulnerability, which this doesn't make any sense. I know a lot of people say, I don't understand that. How can I be vulnerable and strong at the same time? But there's power and strength in being vulnerable, knowing that no one can hurt you, knowing that no one can affect you in any way because you are so powerful. And there's nothing to hide. Just think about what kind of experiences and relationships you can have that way. When you totally let go of control, meaning control of hiding. Now, the last self is the unknown self. Now, this is unknown to you and to others. And so... Since this self is by definition unknown, we can only assume it exists, and we give it a name. It's called your unconscious or your subconscious. Dreams, drug trips, mystical experiences, those are the strongest evidence for the existence of that unknown self, and that's your bubble talk. And bubble talk is that like I said, the unconscious or subconscious thought that keeps you from getting what you want. So, if you, again, if you've ever seen that little cartoon character above, uh, with a bubble above their head, that's what they're thinking. That's their unconscious thought that's really running their life. So a lot of people have these unconscious, subconscious beliefs about themselves. And even though they want to be close or they want to have intimacy or they want to have love in their life, or they want to be respected, and they want all those things, at the same time, their subconscious is not aligned to their conscious desires. So, what we're going to do is we're going to bring those subconscious thoughts to the conscious part of us, to that conscious level, so we can identify what are those strongest beliefs that we have running our lives around intimacy. What's running us? So when you have an insight, okay, about how you operate in the world, you move from that blind self that you didn't know about to the hidden self. You hide it. And then if you share that insight with someone, it moves into the open self. 
so these are not, you know, rigid compartments. Um, these observations and thoughts and feelings and wants are constantly moving from one area to another as you go about your daily routine. So everything you see and hear and touch in the outside world, that's taken into the hidden self. Sometimes you, so some of those things are forgotten, okay, which may mean that they go down into that unknown subconscious self. And some experiences contribute to your continuing your unconscious habits. That moves into your blind self. So some things you remember, but you never reveal. And you just leave them there in your hidden self. And so some things that you notice, you kind of pass on to others, moving them into the open self. So it kind of goes, you play with all of these different selves all the time. But what we want to do is we want to go into that um, blind, hidden, unknown self (laughs) and explore, discover that unknown self that you may have around intimacy or sex. Now, again, remember, intimacy does not mean sex necessarily and vice versa, but we want to play with that a little bit around the sexual part and the intimacy part and... So what I want you to do is uh, we're going to do stream of consciousness writing, which just means you don't edit it, you don't think about it, you don't uh, try to figure it out too much. You just write down the first things that come up. I'm going to say a sentence or a statement, and I want you just to fill in the blank. And just write as long as you have thoughts pouring out of you, okay? And you can't do this wrong, so I just want you to let go and just let your mind go into that first things that come up, stream of consciousness writing. So, this is what I want you to do. So write down what I was told about sex growing up was what I was told about sex growing up was and if you don't know, just make it up. What did you think you were told or what did you think you heard? What did you think was true about sex when you were growing up? And just write down the first things that come up. What were your thoughts? about sex. And then the second one, finish up on the one you're on. The second one is, again, First thing that comes up, my mother's beliefs around sex were or are, my mother's beliefs around sex were or are, and if you don't know, make it up, whatever female caregiver you had, my mother's beliefs around sex were or are, whatever women female caregiver you had. What do you think it was? 
and then finish up on the one you're on. Yes, you know what's next. My father's beliefs around sex were or are, and if you don't know, make it up. What do you think it was? Or any male caregiver. My father's beliefs around sex were or are what? Finish up on the one you're at on. Okay. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to rate these values around sex, okay? What I mean by this is I'm going to say these words, and I want you to rate them 1 through 10, and these are values that you hold as important or not important in a sexual relationship. So one being it's not important to me at all. Five is somewhere in the middle. You know, you can go up the ladder one through ten, any number at all. Ten means you're ext- it's extremely important to me in a sexual relationship. So I'm going to say these words, and I want you to number them. Tell me if they're important or not important. So again, not important. So one, ten, extremely important. Okay, Loyal. Is it important or not in a sexual relationship? Honest. Faithful. Trusting. Trusting. Humorous. Spiritual, sensitive, caring, passionate. Generous, 
kind. Controlling. Fun. Loving. Romantic. Kinky. Intimate. Okay, so what I want you to do is just write down the ones that are five and above. Anything that you um, that you rated yourself five and above. So I'm going to say the words again, and you can write down any. If you didn't write the words down, I'm going to give you the words again in that order. But uh, anything that you wrote five and above, go ahead and write those down or just circle them. Okay. The first one was loyal, second was honest, third was faithful, fourth was trusting, the fifth was humorous, the sixth was spiritual, the seventh was sensitive, eight was caring, Nine was passionate. Ten was generous. Eleven was kind. Twelve was controlling. Thirteen was fun. Fourteen was loving. Fifteen was romantic. Sixteen was kinky. Seventeen was intimate. So these are your sexual values. So this is what's important to you when it comes to sex. Notice if you had any triggers with any of these. And notice if you didn't even want to do the exercise. So if you're in a sexual relationship right now, you may want your partner to do the same exercise to see if you're aligned with your values or if you have different values. And by the way, this is not judgmental either way. It's just it is what it is. It's to, it's to self-discovery. It's discovering what are your values, what's important to you. And if they're matching and they're aligned with your partner's, or if they were aligned, if you don't have a partner now, it's interesting just to kind of see what is it that you hold as important to you. So what I want you to do is, um, if there's anybody want to share anything, um, if you look at all your answers, by the way, and you, that you wrote down for three, four, you know, the... Um, what you were told about sex, my mother's beliefs around sex, my father's beliefs around sex... 
if you look at all your answers that you wrote down, you might find a pattern from all of it. So I want you to look at that and see if you see a pattern of what your mom believed, your dad believed, and what you believed and what you heard. And just look at your judgments. Did you have any judgment around it? And do your values match any of that that you wrote down? Your values, do they match? So you might find some patterns coming up around it. And what you can do is focus on breaking that pattern if it doesn't feel good to you and if it's not serving you anymore. Just notice your any judgments or expectations or values. Just notice those. And see if you've taken on anybody's beliefs here around sex. Are they your beliefs now? Are they somebody else's beliefs? Were they handed down to you? And then you started believing it that it was true. So anybody want to share anything? You can hit star six about your values or what your beliefs that came up. You can just hit star Hi. six. Hi. It's Christine in Hawaii. Oh, Miss Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. So I love the list you gave, and I wanted to share, you know, I'm 49 years old. I've been single for four years. I live in intentional aloneness, and, you know, I do a lot of um, witnessing and for on the dating sites and what people are doing and what people desire and all that stuff. So I'm constantly just observing, and even for myself, because, you know, I... I have a different orientation around sexuality. So I, what I'm noticing, though, is um, it's really hard to connect with someone who's done the work around this because especially at our age, this is just my experience so far, it's like people want to withhold. It's like people want to starve each other, and if they think if they starve each other, then they'll have this long-term amazingness if they starve their own desires sexually. And I'm just like... You know, I'm 49 years old. I'm over the starving thing. We're mature adults. Let's just have a conversation and see what we both want. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, great. So I am noticing, though, for me personally, you know, I had a lot of tens on this list except for in terms of, um, where was it, faithfulness. That one was tricky for me because I, the faithfulness, I have a different orientation around. Like, I, it's like, I don't want you to be faithful to me if that wasn't the agreement we agreed on. Does that make sense? Sure. So sure. It's me, basically keeping your word, you know, whatever the exactly. agreements are. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I find the most challenging is that I am my word and I, um, I respect another person's sexuality. So if we're not in agreement that we are a partnership or we're – if we didn't both mutually agree through feeling good – that we want to be together in monogamy, I don't make up, I'm not trying to create something that doesn't exist for another human being, and I'm finding um, I have to build a bridge through communication to share because as a woman, I'm supposed to be willing, like I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm starving myself for marriage or I'm hungry for sex with one or the other, and I find that very, um, it's like, it's beautiful because it challenges me to upgrade my own ability to communicate, Right and have agency over my own sexuality. Um, but it's been a thing for me. So, so I find call, it interesting you use, use it, you're calling it starving. Are you saying starving or saving? 
Well, I would say, um, I, I, uh, if I go back up, the, the dating culture, the online dating culture as it's being played right now, it's like men are sharing with women that, you know, they, they're they always like, oh, well, you're starving for marriage or you're hungry for sex. And oh, I, I see. Know. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So okay. that's the place that I'm coming from. I got you. Okay. And so from that place of, you know, saying that, so, so how do you feel about being intimate with someone? Allow, letting I'm them not, see you. Well, I, I've made a commitment to being fully seen and not, not hiding anything. When you were saying the hidden self, I'm like, I don't think it's fair to hide something. I want to be honest up front. And then the other person gets to choose yes or no. Right, and they, and so the expectations, everybody has their own expectations. And if you're saying a woman, so the thing I heard you say, and this is very true for a lot of people, uh, that, you know, women are supposed to be XYZ. Women are supposed to be hungry for love or starved for getting married or whatever the, the, analogy is there okay so it's really interesting that we all have these expectations that we grew up with and these belief systems that the religion and culture and our families and tv and all this stuff has said this is what a woman is supposed to be like and what they want and this is what a man is supposed to be like and what they want and so we project all of those beliefs and expectations outwardly without realizing that that's what we're doing until you know, until we become conscious of that's that's what we're doing. So I find it, you know, it's fascinating um, that you use the words, you know, women are supposed to, and that's a belief, right? That's a belief that has been ingrained in many people, that they're supposed to be that way. So my, and if it's working for you, that's great, honey. But my suggestion would be is playfulness and allowing maybe i mean what uh just to give a background very quickly about your mom and your dad was it your mom or your dad or did you take on any of those beliefs or you just rebelled against all that well my mother's my mother's belief was that sex is the answer and if you had problems in your marriage you know her advice to me was just have sex with him and for years i thought well, she doesn't get it, and then as I go through something, I real I realize I recognize like one of my I've mar- been married twice, and one of my husbands said to me point blank, "You never did learn how to manipulate me," you know, because I, I'm like I I'm so literal, and I'm like, why would you ever want to be manipulated? It was so crazy. But what he re- was really saying to me was that you didn't know how to put on the fire with me and make sure we were hot together, and he was actually right because. I was busy doing all this mental stuff, right? Gotcha, gotcha. So your mom was saying that that was her way of, quote, manipulating the situation so that, you know, it's the same kind of thing that we always heard a man's, uh, you know, way to a man's heart is through his stomach, you know, or there's, there's all of these thoughts and beliefs around that. So your mom, for many women, um, you know, back in the day, uh, me included, you know, that's what, that's what we were told, and then that was handed down, and then that was handed down, and that was handed down. Same thing for men. Men have the same kind of belief systems that keep getting handed down. And so her telling you that, I mean, that is something that you did or did that you did not do. You said you could not figure out how to do that correctly or that's what well, the feedback was have, from your husband. No, I just stopped going to her for this kind of advice because I felt like she wasn't able to give me the, the wisdom or the gift that I thought I got gotcha. you. Okay. All right. And so I might just put it out there that um, you started saying that 
you don't have, you've committed, you're saying you're going to be, how did you phrase it? I'm choosing to be what? Oh, have agency over my sexuality? Say it again. I I can't hear you. I'm sorry. Wait, are you talking about me saying I'm choosing to have agency over my sexuality? Uh, Maybe that's what I heard. I couldn't hear what you were saying. Agency, okay. So you were choosing agency over your sexuality, okay. So you're not choosing to not be intimate with someone. Correct. Or I mean, are you choosing? Are you choosing not to be with someone? No. no. Okay, gotcha. All right, that's okay. I'm with you now. (laughs) I was like, I think I was just having trouble hearing what you were saying. Okay. Confuse you. I haven't met anyone that I feel um, we have like these are our sexual values. And my point is really that to be able to communicate and know what your sexual values are, it takes it requires being connected to yourself, right? Yep, yep. you got to have a conscious willingness to discover that for yourself. And, of course, that's for me and that, and for you possibly, that's what you expect from uh, someone that you're wanting to have a relationship with. That you expect that kind of consciousness or that kind of commitment to understanding themselves. And that's great. And that's what you put out there. That's what that's what you are uh, choosing to attract. Yes. Correct. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So excellent. So this this kind of thank you for that. So this kind of discovery that we have with each other, uh, doing this kind of work. That's why these this conscious being conscious and having being a conscious leader in money and relationships and leadership and commitment and communication is the key. You know, being able to really have I like how you put it. Have agency over yourself. Have ownership of who you are. Of really understanding how you're showing up and why you're showing up and choosing otherwise if it's not serving you. So I think that's uh brilliant and that's what I that's what that's what this all this is what this is all about. This is what bubble talk and essence of being and all of that is about is really showing up and and understanding what is that subconscious, not just from a mental point of view, but from a cellular, spiritual, yes. emotional, mental and physical point of view. So that's awesome. Thanks. You're welcome. So the thing I want to say about all that, whatever you guys wrote down, whatever you wrote down and whatever your values are, it's, you know, you're discovering these things and just kind of notice if you had any kind of, if you've taken on any of the belief systems that were, that you grew up with and typically we do. And if it's working for you, that's great. If it's not, you have a choice. You can shift it because you don't have to believe exactly the way that you were raised. Because remember, sex is energy. I just want to share that with you. This is my belief now. It's a part of your kundalini experience. It's your life force. In other words, if you allow this life force to move through you, and many of you can experience this like when you're exercising or uh, when you're doing any kind of breath work, uh, yoga, anything like that where you, you have this movement, you have life force moving through you. That's that kundalini experience that's moving through your body. So when you bring in another person into that experience, they have their own experiences, right? So they have their own beliefs. They have their own discoveries and their own trauma and their own whatever's going on for them. They have their own judgments or expectations. So that is why it's so important. 
and an intimate relationship, whether it's sexual or not, is to have communication and go into any kind of relationship that you have, especially with sex, you've got to have that communication connection. Because what you're saying is you're opening yourself up to say, in to me see, even if it's just for a minute. So once you've identified these patterns that you just went through in your beliefs, you can choose to keep them. Or if they're not, you can release them and replace them with different beliefs, positive affirmations. And some of them I want to give you right now. And you can take any of these uh, affirmations. These are little lies you tell yourself until they become true. But if you have, if they, if they resonate with you, take these affirmations. And these are things you can say to yourself and put these where you can see them all the time. Uh, one of my favorite ones is, it's safe to allow others to see me. It's safe to allow other others to see me. Another one is, sex is innocent. Many people have been raised that sex is not innocent. And we have seen what people can do with sex. You can withhold it. You can force it. You can do all kinds of things with it that don't feel right or good. But the actual act of sex and that experience of life force moving through your body is innocent. Another affirmation you might want to use is, I am responsible for my sexual experiences. So many of you may have been victimized at some point, and there could be some trauma there. So it creates a sense of fear around all of this, that you can't control it, therefore you can't allow it. So I really encourage you, if that's the case, just keep saying to yourself, I am responsible for my sexual experiences. So you could choose, no matter what's happened in the past, from this moment on, you can choose to be responsible for how you feel, how you think, what your beliefs are, what your actions are, and what you will allow right now. And yes, you'll have to clean up some of the past, heal some of those things in the past, or you're going to keep recreating it until you do. Many people, I work with a lot of people who have had trauma in their life around this. And have been victimized. And therefore, the defense mechanism is shut it down. But what happens when you shut that part of you down, it's part of you that is still there. And it's your aliveness. It can be your aliveness that you've shut down. So cleaning up the past and how you feel about yourself is really, really important because, remember, like I said, you're going to keep recreating it over and over and over again unless you clean it up, unless you shift it, unless you heal it. In the meantime, you just say to yourself, I'm responsible for my sexual experiences. That gives you power. You have the power to make a change when you feel responsible, meaning that nobody can do anything to you. My ability to respond determines the quality of my life. Here's another affirmation. 
I am willing to receive pleasure. And I've always said, look, if you're not willing, just be willing to be willing, okay? I am willing to receive pleasure. That's the first step, is just be willing to be willing. Some people feel like pleasure comes with a price. Okay, I'm willing to receive it, but I'm going to have to do something in return. I can't just receive pleasure just because of who I am. So my suggestion would be to allow yourself, even if it's for just five minutes, I'm willing to be willing to receive pleasure because you deserve it. And you don't have to give anything back in order for you to feel pleasure and worthy of that. Because we were not put on this earth. We didn't come to this earth to feel pain. That that was not necessarily our intention. Another affirmation, or the last one I'll give you is, I give myself permission to surrender and feel. I give myself permission to surrender and feel. You're the only one that can give yourself permission to do this. See, a lot of us don't give ourselves permission because we have what uh, we call a syndrome called parental disapproval syndrome. In other words, we don't want to disapprove. We don't want to be disapproved of by our parents or by authority figures or people that we care about. So we feel like we have to do whatever their beliefs are and whatever has happened with the people that they were raised with, that we will not be honoring them if we don't believe what they believe. We don't want to be disapproved of. So if you find out there are some beliefs down there in that subconscious part of you that you don't want to believe anymore, give yourself permission to shift that and allow yourself to surrender and feel And allow yourself to have vulnerability. And I know that trust comes up around that all the time. But I I, I might get hurt, or I might get betrayed, or I might, or I might, they might see part of me I don't want anybody to see. But you have to give yourself permission just for a minute to surrender into knowing that my strength lies in my vulnerability and I choose to feel it. Because, see, for me, sex can be a spiritual act. We talk about being our our authentic self, right? So we definitely have that life force moving through us, and that's part of our authenticity. And that's the intimate part of us. So doing those affirmations, saying those affirmations, looking at yourself in the mirror every day and saying those will help you reframe any of the fears that you have around it and really be a demonstration of aliveness. So does anybody want to share anything else? You hit star uh, star six? Or any questions? Anybody still there? <laughs> I have a question. It's Margie. Hi, Burge. Okay, I have a question and then a hey, Burge. Go with that. We'll go I'm with sorry, that. I have Greg. a question and then a hey, Burge. Take the question first. I have another one. Yep. 
Go ahead. I have a question. Who is who is that? It wasn't me, but I have a question. If the other person is, I just have a quick question. You yep. have loyal and you have faithful, and I wasn't sure how those were different on your values. Well, do they mean something different to you? Um, I wouldn't have thought so, but after you after you mentioned them, I've been ruminating in my head about how they might be different. So oftentimes words have a different vibration for people. It might ah, mean okay. the same thing to some okay. people, but for some people loyalty uh, means more of an honoring. Yes. Uh, perhaps a faithful is more of a commitment. Okay. I get that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Bert. Yeah. Uh, um, My question was, um, you mentioned something that, I hope I get it right, and that I'd like you to um, go into a little bit. I think you said, if you can't control it, you don't allow it. So... I'm not sure in what context that was about con- but what I'm what I'm saying is that a lot of times people are they feel like in order for them to um they could the one thing they can control is shutting themselves down so they don't allow love or intimacy in their life so they that's how they control things. So if you're maybe that's what I don't know if that's the context because I probably said it a couple times in different ways but the context, one context is that we lose control. In other words, in order to be intimate, we have to let go of control, meaning that we allow ourselves to surrender and to feel vulnerable. It's an allowing. It is a letting go. It is a trust. It is an opening. It's not controlling the environment around us. For some people, the only way we know uh, that we feel safe is we have to control everything around us in order for us to feel safe. Therefore, letting go of that control is scary. Is that what you were talking about? or Yes. Um, it was so brief, but I really love your explanation. So when you get to the other part of allowing you're really opening and leaving yourself not only open but vulnerable and receptive. Perfect. Because when you try to, and many of us do that, we try to control things around us to keep us safe. And therefore, sometimes to control it, we just shut it down. We don't allow that that sexuality or that kundalini energy or that life force or the intimacy to run through us. And therefore... We feel safe, but there's that part of us that's still not connecting to our authentic self. Oh, that's, that's perfect. Really, yeah. That's really helpful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. My pleasure and my purpose. Anybody else want to share anything before we go? And then I'll just share what we're doing next for our next month. Okay. Well, again, listen to this. Uh, If you didn't get to write these things down, you might want to go back and listen to it. Everybody's going to get a recording. Our next uh, Power Hour is in May, May 15th. Remember, it's the third Wednesday of every month, so it's kind of weird. It's in the middle of the month, but that's our third Wednesday. So it's May 15th, and we're going to be 
we're in our uh, relationship module. That's why we're talking about relationships a lot this the last three months or so, is because we're in our module in our um, Conscious Leadership Academy. So we're going to be talking about essence of relationships for self, others, and beyond. So our May Power Hour will be about essence of relationship for self, others, and beyond. We touched in on some of it uh, today, but um, it's going to go into depth about loving yourself and how to have a relationship with others and have a relationship with great spirit, universe, God, source, higher self, whatever you want to call that, that energy. And if those of you who don't have anything to do on Saturday, come out to Essence of Relationships. It's a whole day we're doing. It's part of our uh, Conscious Leadership Academy. By the way, you can go to essenceofbeing.com slash CLA, which is Conscious Leadership Academy, and you can check it out. Um, and if you're looking for the relationship class, you can stream, you can live stream it, by the way. If you can't actually show up in Atlanta Saturday, we have live streaming available that you can kind of sneak in and be with us, um, be a part of it um, while we're having it Saturday. But you can go to essenceofbeing.com slash E-O-R, which stands for Essence of Relationships. And that will give you all the information there. You can go and do that and play with us. And, of course, our next Essence of Being, which is our big three-day experience, uh, the, the flagship play shop that we have coming up is May, May 10th, 11th, and 12th. So a lot of things happening right around the corner, and uh, we definitely want to invite all of you to play with us on that level and really discover for yourself how important you are, that you make a difference. And I'm going to go ahead and unmute everybody. Okay, Thank you, everybody. There we are. We're all unmuted. So until we say, uh, we don't, I don't want to say goodbye, I'll just say, see you next time. And what you focus on. Aloha. Again, everybody. <laughs> Aloha. Aloha, everybody. Cowbird. Thank you. Next time. Thank Bye. you. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Time. Thank you, Bird. Thank you. That's so I'll good. Yeah. <laughs> I love hearing everybody. It's so good. <laughs> Bye. All right. Take care.